Welcome to the Pusher Pivot Podcast, a podcast that inspires you to trust yourself in the crossroads of life. I'm your host, Thea Charles. As a life coach, I know that when you put fear aside and trust yourself, you'll know when to push through adversity and when to stop, reassess, and pivot. I believe magic happens whenever a pusher pivot story is shared. And that magic is exactly what you'll find here. A few years ago, my husband and I strolled through the underground ink blot in Boston, admiring the street art. This oasis under the highway humbled us as we looked at all the art around us. Looking for street art and cool graffiti became a pastime of ours when we go on vacation and we were finally exploring at home. Every time I get to view this type of art or hear people talk about Banksy, I wonder if this would be as popular if we didn't have Jean-Michel Basquiat first. Jean-Michel Basquiat was an American artist of Haitian and Puerto Rican descent. He was born in Brooklyn, New York on December 22, 1960. Early in his life, it was evident that Jean-Michel was gifted. He learned to read and write by the age of four, and by the age of 11, he was fluent in French, Spanish, and English, and an avid reader in all three languages. Jean-Michel was also a lover of art. He visited museums with his mother in Manhattan, and she encouraged her young artist son by enrolling him in an arts-oriented private school. In 1978, Jean-Michel and a schoolmate, Al Diaz, began spray-painting graffiti in Lower Manhattan under the pseudonym Samo, which stood for Same Old. Together, they tagged poetic and satirical slogans like Playing Art with Daddy's Money or Nine to Five Clone, and soon caught the interest of New Yorkers. And later, the art world started to take notice. Soon, Jean-Michel started being invited to public access television shows and even started a noise rock band that played in nightclubs. In the early 1980s, Samo broke up and Jean-Michel started his solo career as an artist. In June of 1980, he participated in a Times Square multi-artist exhibition and was quickly noticed by critics and curators. He then began making art for famous musicians, and his fame grew quickly. He famously had a friendship and collaborations with Andy Warhol. Warhol and Basquiat have made art out of what few others would dare, a defacement of each other's painting. In each of these enormous neo-pop epics, Warhol begins with his choice corporate logos writ large. Enter Basquiat who blocks out the boss's images, or scribbles all over them. Recognizing that the declaration of a renewed faith in painting could use a sacrificial child to enliven it, and further recognizing that if he were to officiate, some of the spilled blood might revive his own standing, Warhol found a miracle in Basquiat. Here was a young artist who already had mythic status, street smart with the touch of a natural a rebel looking for the security of an understanding surrogate father. Warhol realized that Basquiat, as a wild child in an expensive suit, 
could provide a much more unsettling image of the uses of money and leisure than either the older artists' lost superstars or the relatively accessible decadence of Studio 54. He traveled the world on behalf of his art. He was the youngest artist given an exhibit at Kessner Gelschat in Germany. He had exhibits on the Ivory Coast, in Paris, and all over the U.S., and even walked the runway in Paris. It took only eight short years for Jean-Michel to secure his legacy as an art prodigy. I think there's a lot of people that are, that are, that are neglected in, in, in art. I don't know if, because if, it's, if it's who made the paintings or what. But, um, I don't know, it's either, I know black people are never really portrayed realistically in... Not, 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 or not even portrayed, I mean, not even portrayed in modern art enough. He died in 1988 at the age of 27 to an overdose. At first glance, John Michel's art could be described as primitive, but the images were complex and sophisticated. He said, I don't think about art when I'm working. I try to think about life. Through his art, his worldview was evident. It's undeniably black, there's hints of Jackson Pollock, and influences from his Haitian and Puerto Rican ancestry. His most recognizable motif is the bold crown that appears in most of his famous works. His art often had words written in the painting echoing his graffiti roots and the stream of consciousness that went into the creation of the work. I could go on and try to explain his art further, but really, it needs to be seen and felt. Jean-Michel said, I don't listen to what art critics say. I don't know anyone who needs a critic to find out what art is. As influential as Jean-Michel was, his art is mostly privately owned, so there are few public galleries to enjoy his work. As a result, on the rare occasion that his work appears in auction, the price is out of this world. A piece recently sold in 2017 for $110.5 million. He is the most financially successful African-American painter in history. Jean-Michel's legacy has influenced literature, music, film, and fashion. In 2007, he was named one of GQ's 50 Most Stylish Men of the Past 50 Years. He has starred in and been the subject of films and documentaries. He's been mentioned in many books and poems and his art has been featured on album covers, and his name pops up in many songs, especially in hip-hop. I invite you to look up some of his art and see what feeling you get from viewing it. Thank you for listening to the Push or Pivot podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and please leave us a review. To learn more about this show and to access the show notes, visit our website, pushorpivot.com. I'd also love to hear from you. Share your thoughts and takeaways with me on Instagram at pushorpivot. Thank you for listening and join me next time on the Push or Pivot podcast.